Good morning. morning. This is the day the Lord has made. It's a beautiful day out there. It looks a a wee bit chance of rain, doesn't it? Uh, We're so glad you're here with us. And as we are called to worship, may we lift up our hearts, our prayers, and our love unto Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Will you stand as we join in our hymn of celebration, number 347, The Spirit Song.
May we turn to God in prayer or continue to, to offer our prayers as we join in our hymn in his time as found in the black faith we sing 2203. and gracious God, we come to you today and give you thanks and praise for we rejoice that you work and move in your time and though sometimes in our impatience we desire faster we desire more we desire something else may we be still before you and experience this day in your time and in your presence for the beauty of your creation and the joy of even in the coldness or the chill in the air, we know that there's a warmth in our hearts and in our lives through your Holy Spirit that continues to move and stir in our lives, calling us ever onward in our relationship with you. Glorious God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of laughter and of friendship, of family, of new beginnings and new opportunities so many blessings that you share with us that we don't always see or acknowledge but that you never cease to lavish upon us and glorious God as we lift up our joys with you we too lift up our burdens our sins the things upon which we worry and focus on rather than putting our focus upon you and glorious God we know that as we come to the door this morning that there were things that were drawing our attention drawing our focus away from you pulling us in 10,000 different ways but as we came through the doors into your holy place we know that your spirit continues to move and dwell but the joy is that it doesn't remain here that it continues to stir in our hearts that you are ever with us every step of the way that we walk by faith that as we leave the doors today, we don't need to take the burdens of this world upon our shoulders because you know our shoulders will never be big enough. But that we can come to the foot of the throne of your grace and experience a grace like no other. That in so doing, our lives will be transformed to share the good news in word, action, and deeds. But God, as we come to you today, wherever we might find ourselves, may we take but a moment of silence before you to feel your spirit, to feel your presence, to just to be still and take a deep breath, to look forward with excitement to whatever you might have in store tomorrow. We come now though in silence. Merciful and loving God, we do again give our praise and our thanks to know that though there seems to be an endless mountain to climb of the needs in this community and around this world, we continue to pray for those who hunger and thirst, those in this community and around this world who struggle to find hope and assurance, those who live with a 
threat and the reality of war and violence. Those who struggle to make ends meet. Those who are sick and are hurting that they might feel the touch of the great physician. To feel your wonderful hand of mercy. Glorious God, as we lift these and countless other prayers to you today, may we never cease to offer the prayer that your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, taught, that together we too, with one voice, pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As we continue in worship, may the ushers come forward as we receive our morning's gifts, tithes, and offerings.
Father's God, we give you thanks and praise as we offer to you our gifts, tithes, and offerings. May you bless and multiply these, our gifts, that we be faithful to the ministry to which you have called us as we continue to reach out to this community and throughout this world. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. and receive a reading from the word of God. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within us according to your grace and mercy. May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear the scripture from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Very truly I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate but climbs in by another way is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hears his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life 
and have it abundantly. This is God's word to God's people. As my mom is coming forward, coming forward, <laughs> it's the only time I can tell my mom what to do. Um, just kidding. As, as she's coming forward, uh, just two quick things and then to introduce her. Um, you know, I was trying to think of more uh, stories, and my mom might have some, but um, you know, as the youngest, I always tried to break the rules, but my older siblings broke them all, so I couldn't break any rules, which was great. But if you really want stories, please don't talk to my brother Kevin, because um, I'm sure he's got more. So I'm, he's shaking his head. But um, my mom has been in ministry for 27 years, been uh, an ordained. Uh, clergy in the United Methodist Church for 27 years. She's served in churches in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire, and no most recently North Carolina. She has had 11 churches over the course of her ministry. Uh, her first church was a solo church. Uh, every church until her most recent one has been a two or three point charge, meaning she's served two or three churches at a time. And uh, she moved to North Carolina nine years ago to retire. Um, and she was given a church on a part-time basis. Nine years later, she's still in that part-time basis at that church. So Gary, uh, just to be warned, when you retire, um, there's churches that still need you. Um, but we do, uh, we do rejoice. She was actually just uh, appointed to a new two-point charge come July 1st. So she's going to enjoy retirement serving two churches now. Um, but it is, it is with joy and a, and a glad... A gladness that as her son, I get to uh, have my mom preach this morning. So. Gary, retirement is wonderful. <laughs> Actually, at one of our clergy uh, retirement luncheons, they celebrated the retirement of a 92-year-old pastor who had retired, I think this was his fourth or fifth time. So he said he thinks this time God is through and letting him rest. <laughs> What did they say? You, um, a pastor, an, a minister never retires. They just put him out to pastor. <laughs> oh, just a, a word of advertisement. See what I found at the women's crafty ladies. The ladies, the crafty ladies, crafty ladies thing this morning. I said this was meant for me. It goes right with the yeah. flowers. It was perfect. Yes, Christina, you found it. Thank you. <laughs> I was told that I could only speak here if I told some dirt on Brian. <laughs> Kevin, don't worry, you're not off the hook. Uh, but I have four children. Kevin is my oldest, Brian is my youngest, and in between there I have Scott and Karen. And... They can't hear you. Oh, that's too bad. Um, <laughs> to admit that when Kevin was born and was young, he was so well behaved and I worried about him because he was too good. Um, and then Scott came along and I was glad that God granted me the joy of having a very docile, well behaved first child because Scott was a challenge. Um, when he was, he turned six feet tall as a teenager and I remember one day he was standing up against the wall. He had done something wrong, one of his many things. And I'm there like this looking up at him saying, Scott, I don't care how tall you are, I can still put you over my knee and spank you. <laughs> and all of a sudden the picture came in my mind of this me trying to get him across my knee and I burst out laughing. And Scott is standing there going, Mom, it's a lot more effective if you don't laugh. <laughs> and then there was Karen who was the dutiful daughter and always trying to bring her brothers under control. <laughs> Didn't really work, but she tried and took some of the strain off me. So unfortunately, by the time poor Brian came along, as he said, his brothers and sister did all the challenging things, so there was nothing left for him to get blamed for. So I ended up constantly calling Brian Scott because I was so used to saying, Scott, don't do this, Scott, don't do that that when I'd want Brian, I'd just go, Scott, and he'd go, Mom, my name's Brian. Um, Scott was really a bless. All, all four children were a total blessing. What? <laughs> they were a blessing, and I give God thanks for them every day. Sometimes I say, Brian is, I almost said Scott again. 
Brian was the invisible one because he was so, he was quiet like heaven, but I was so busy worrying about the other three that Brian just sort of grew up. <laughs> and and um, he was, he was, was, is, and always will be a true joy. And I know God has called him into ministry from the time practically that he was born. He, he lived a life that was a blessing to people and, um, and definitely a blessing to me as well. So I am thrilled that he has a, God's granted him another church, although I know it's, it's hurting him and Julia and the children as well to have to leave the people he's grown to love. And just as when I was appointed to this last church that I, for another six weeks, am serving, um, I was told it was to help them close. So I said, okay, but they didn't want to close. So I said, I'm not going to force you to close if you don't want to. So nine years later, unfortunately, <laughs> the people are in their 80s and 90s. My husband and I are the two youngest, and we're in our 70s. <laughs> so, yeah. And so most of them are homebound or nursery, nursing home, not nursery, nursing home bound. So the church is falling into disrepair, and we can't afford to fix it. So the conference has said, we have to close the church. And um, they, they said, but what's going to happen to Margaret? What's she going to do? They said, don't worry. We, we've got her taken care of. We're sending her to two churches. <laughs> and I said, oh, Lord, I thought this was going. See, I went from one church, half time, to two churches full time, to three churches full time, back to two churches full time, and then back to the one of my, now I said, this is a beautiful circle. Lord, you got it all planned. And he said, no, I, no, I have a plan, but you don't know that yet. Because now all of a sudden, at 72, I'm going to a two-point charge again. So I just say, thank you, God. Whatever adventures are ahead, so be it. And, and it is a blessing to be here today with all of you, to be here this weekend. Uh, yesterday's workshop was just so much fun, and I, I loved it, and um, I called my husband to talk about it. He says, boy, do you sound wired. I said, I am so excited. This was wonderful. This was great. So, And it has been an equal blessing to be here this morning. So I suppose, should I start on the sermon? Oh, okay. I just, anyway, um, they asked me to introduce myself to the SPRC at the two churches I was serving in, and T.S. said, tell a little something about your spiritual journey. I said, okay, well, I was born in, and I went from there through my whole life and finally got to the spiritual journey. But so I don't like to talk too much. So. <laughs> the one thing I found is as we get older, many more people admit to me that they read the Bible much more than they did when they were young. You know why that's so? Do you know what the word Bible stands for? B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth, Bible. And as we get older and the realization that we are soon going to be leaving earth, hopefully to meet our maker and spend eternity with him in heaven and with Jesus, many people seek to learn more about this person that they've claimed to have received as their savior. Every time we read the Bible, more and more truths become evident to us. And that is why I love to read the Bible even more than I did when I was young. I can read the same passage over and over, and each time something new becomes clear. This happened, especially this week, as I was reading and rereading this passage. I'm sure you've all been taught about Jesus being the good shepherd and us being the sheep of his pasture. What I wonder, however, is how many of you have thought about Jesus being the gate through which we must pass. In this short passage, which we read this morning, Jesus called himself three things. He called himself the shepherd, the gate, and the gatekeeper. It's interesting, isn't it, that one person could be all three things at the same time. So let's just look at this a little bit more closely. Before I begin, I'd like to share with you a, a cute little story. On Thursday mornings, I do a puppet show 
for the children in the nursery school that's right next to the church. And we have anywhere from 20 to 40 children who come to it. They range in age from one to four or five. Well, when I first started the puppet show, two of my favorite puppets were little sheep, little lambs. And um, so I was talking about Jesus being the good shepherd and us being the sheep. When I talked about us being the sheep, I kept talking, suddenly noticed this little girl about three years old whose face was getting longer and longer and she was getting closer and closer to tears. I finally stopped and I, I looked at her and I said, what's the matter, is something wrong? And she replied, I'm not a sheep, I'm a girl. <laughs> Although I tried so hard to explain what I meant, she only got more upset and more close to tears and kept repeating, I'm not a sheep, I'm a girl. So I finally said, that's right, you are a little girl. And I changed the story just enough so she wouldn't be threatened or frightened. I'm not sure what you said. From then, I was very careful about what I said and how I said it. Children take things very, very literally, <laughs> I've realized over and over again. But uh, the same thing often is true for us, too. We take things literally. And we have to think about what we say, think about what we hear from people, and see if it's the Lord coming through them, speaking to us, or if it's just something that's blurted out of our mouth without turning it over to the Lord first. I'm sure you all understand what I mean by saying that we are sheep of Jesus' fold. Today, these days, for the most part, we don't live in an agricultural society. Although out here, there's a lot of farms for growing crops and stuff. Do many of you have sheep? Anybody have sheep here? <laughs> <laughs> Back well, we moved to uh, just recently up to the country. Uh, the city became too much for us, so we moved into the country. As Kevin says, there's too many trees. He can't live there. But um, there is a sheep farm right down the road from us. And I find it so fascinating every day as I drive by to watch the sheep. And one day I saw they were all sheared. And I said, those poor things look so cold. That shows the country girl I am. But they. It's, it's interesting to find out about sheep. Unlike cattle who have to be herded from behind to move forward, sheep learn their master's voice and they learn to follow the master where he leads. Wherever the master, the shepherd, whenever he's not around, sheep tend to wander off seeking either other greener fields or perhaps even looking for their master. I wonder how many of you have had sheepless, sheepless, sleepless nights when you have tried counting sheep to help you get to sleep. Has anybody done that? I know I have. I did for a while anyway. But I reached the point when I tried to count the sheep, inevitably one of them, just as he's about to jump over the fence, stop short, and all the sheep behind him plow into him. And since they all look alike to me, even as I'm trying to go to sleep, I would get confused because I forgot where I was in my counting. So I'd have to start over again. And that got me so upset, I'd end up wider awake than I was when I started. So I gave up. When we lived up in Rhode Island, where we raised our children, there was a small sheep farm right at the end of our road. The sheep looked the same to me, but I knew to the alert shepherd, sheep are not identical. He knows each of the sheep of his flock by name. Every sheep, like every person, is distinctive in personality and in appearance. And the shepherd can recognize each and every one of them. When he calls them by name, they respond. They respond not only to their name, but also to the sound of the shepherd's voice. In fact, I have learned that if two flocks of sheep were scattered and mixed together, the shepherds could stand one on either side of the pasture and call their sheep. And quickly, they'd recognize their owner's name and they'd separate and go to their separate shepherd. The two flocks would once again become distinguished from one another. 
the unique call of the shepherd would guarantee that his sheep would gather to him. The reason that Jesus talked so much about sheep is that many of those who listened to him were shepherds, so they could understand what he was saying. Some of them also even understood the meaning behind their word, his words. Although you and I are not sheep herders, I think scriptures make it quite clear what Jesus was trying to tell us. As David said so eloquently in Psalm 23, we are the sheep of his pasture. If we claim that title, however, then we have to also say that Jesus is our shepherd. As such, he speaks to each and every one of us in a very special way, loving each of us like his own special lamb. Like the shepherd who sought out the one lost lamb who wandered away from the 99 others and carried him back on his own shoulders, Jesus will carry us along the rough paths that we will encounter on our life's journey. We're not alone. We don't have to be afraid of anything that befalls us because Jesus is there with us, holding us up, guiding us. In today's world, there are so many people who claim to know God and to be God's special messengers. And yet, when you listen to them, somehow their message just doesn't ring true. Something they say may not sound right, or the way they live may not fit the words that they're saying. If you're seeking to walk in the pathway of Christ, you will recognize these people as false prophets, as people who don't have a real true understanding of who Jesus is and all he stands for. As Christ said in today's gospel, whoever does not enter the sheep pen through the gate but climbs over the wall is a thief and an outlaw. He's a false prophet. The gate thus becomes an analogy for believing in Christ as the only way to get into heaven. Christ is the gate, the only way to God. If you seriously seek to follow Christ on a daily basis, you will come to recognize his voice in the voice and words of other people, in the verses you read from the scriptures or other readings, in dreams, in visions, even in the world around you. There are so many different ways that Christ calls to us when our ears and our hearts are open to hearing him. Then we can hear him, we can recognize that it's our shepherd who is calling each of us. I hate to say it, but sheep basically are pretty dumb animals. They simply follow the one sheep who seems to be in the lead with no regard as to where they're going or what's going to happen. The scriptures tell us that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. I'm not going to follow that one through. I think you can make the comparison. But it, you know what? In a way, it's true. The things of the world so easily tempt us into leaving the safety of God's arms and wandering off into the unknown. As hard as it is to admit, we are like sheep in many ways. In spite of the brains that God has given us, we often choose to follow blindly whatever is fun or satisfies our wants, not our needs. I remember one Thanksgiving when our entire family was gathered together at the dining table. Now, when our family got together, my four kids, I don't know where they got it from, but they have an incredible sense of humor. And it sometimes um, would overpower both my husband and me, and they'd just sit there and make one joke after another after another. We invited a pastor and his wife to lunch once after church, and his wife and my husband and I all sat while the pastor, who had an equally wild sense of humor, and the four children told jokes through the whole meal. We laughed through the whole meal. We didn't say very much, but, um, but this time it was a little different because on this partic particular day, I asked Brian to pass the potatoes. He said, do you want the potatoes? And I said, well, yes, that's why I asked for them. He looked at me and he responded, how does it feel to want? And my response was, Brian, 
just shut up and pass me the potatoes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My mother always taught me never say shut up. <laughs> Sorry, Mom, too. Um, it took a second for the question to sink in, but later on, as I started thinking about it, I wondered, how many times do we as human beings go with what we want, not what we need? Jesus, our shepherd, knows just what we need as well as what we want. And he's there to tend to our needs as well as our wants. How can he do that? Because he knows each and every one of us intimately. That's what horrified the Jewish leaders of his time. He associated with the known sinners, and he got to know them personally. I mean, who would fraternize with such people? Many was the time my parents warned me, don't affiliate, don't associate with those people. They're bad. You know, for one reason or another, they're not the ones you should be associating with. But you know what? Jesus associated with them. He didn't become like them. He brought them to him. All we like sheep have gone astray, and Jesus, our shepherd, is there to pick us up and carry us back into his fold. And as his sheep, it's up to us, as his followers, it's up to us to go forth and lead others into Jesus' fold, not ignore them, not stay away from them, not cross to the other side of the road, and not be near them, but to reach out with the hands of love of Jesus and show them our Lord. You remember this song, Jesus Calls Us, or the tumult of our life's wild, restless sea? Day by day, his sweet voice soundeth, saying, Christian, follow me. Jesus is calling you, each and every one of you, and his voice is distinct upon all others, if you dare to listen. In this passage, as I said at the beginning, Jesus describes himself as three things. The gate through which the sheep have to pass to come into the sheepfold, the gatekeeper who lets the sheep in and out, and the shepherd who calls and leads the sheep. Jesus is the way. He's the only way that we can come to God. Jesus is the one who calls us. And when we accept that call, who protects us and shows us the way? Jesus is the one true shepherd, and you and I are only really safe from the snares of the world when we rest securely in his fold. Several years ago, I was having a wonderful conversation with a colleague of mine about hearing and responding to God's call. We were discussing whether or not God has chosen all people to enter heaven or only a select few. I told this friend that I truly believe God calls us all, but only those who allow their ears to be open to that call will hear him. Guess what? God is calling you here today, right this minute, right now. Can you hear his call? Have you responded to his voice? Will you follow the Good Shepherd and allow yourself to remain in his care? I'd like to close with a short piece that was written by Alan Carr entitled, My Friend Knows the Shepherd. Two men were called on in a large classroom to recite the 23rd Psalm. One was a powerful orator with, who was trained in speech technique and in drama. He repeated the psalm in a powerful way. In fact, when he finished, the audience cheered and even asked for an encore that they might hear his wonderful voice again. Then the other man, who was much older, repeated the same words, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But when he finished, no noise, no sound came from the large class. Instead, people sat in a deep mood of devotion and prayer. Then the first man, the orator, stood to his feet. I have a confession to make, he said. The difference between what you have just heard from my old friend and what you heard from me is this. I know the psalm. He knows the shepherd. The choice is now up to you, my friends. 
You can choose to follow Jesus and find safety, or you can wander off and try to go it alone in this big, bad world. I urge you to listen to the voice of your shepherd. He is the only way to go. Let us pray. Lord God, we give you thanks that you love us so much that you would send your son Jesus to show us the way, to lead us, to die for us that we might find life everlasting with him. We ask you now to help us turn our ears to the voice of the shepherd, to listen, to follow, and to be in turn leaders of others, bringing them to the one great shepherd. Guide us, protect us, and Hold us always up in your loving arms. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. May I invite you to stand as we join together in our hymn of dedication, number 601, Thy Word is a Lamp. take a moment to reach out and take a hand near you and gathered hand in hand together will you receive the choral blessing and the benediction. And in the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go forth in his name to change the world as his disciples. Amen. Amen.